Good tree bringeth forth not forth corrupt fruit, neither doth a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree is known by its fruit. Of thorns men do not gather figs, nor of a bramble bush do they gather grapes. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil, for of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaketh. Why call you me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man which built a house, he dig deep, he laid the foundation on a rock. When the flood arose, the storms came, and beat vehemently upon that house, could not shake it. It was built upon a rock. But he that heareth my words and doesn't do them is like a man who without foundation built a house upon the earth, and the stream beat against it, and immediately that house fell, and the ruin of that house was great. Welcome to the Unchanging Word Radio Bible Study. Our teacher is Dr. John G. Mitchell, who was faithful for over 60 years in teaching the Word of God throughout the Northwest and Canada. Many were blessed by his Bible teaching, and today we invite you to share in those blessings by listening to the Unchanging Word radio Bible study. Our name, the Unchanging Word, is committed to the fact that God's Word has not changed. What God reveals in His eternal Word always has been and always will be true. God never changes. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. Well, having looked at planks and splinters or logs and specks, depending on your Bible translation, Jesus goes on now to speak of good trees and bad trees, which become evident by their fruit. And Jesus applies this truth to the human heart out of which the mouth speaks. And Dr. Mitchell speaks with respect to standards of right and wrong, which may be tempered by certain influences. There needs to be this distinction between right and wrong for the preservation of society. And for this reason, Proverbs 4.23 states, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. The believer needs to guard his own heart, and this is done by reading and staying in the Word of God, looking to Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, and this is our foundation. Well, here's Dr. Mitchell, Luke chapter 6, verse 42, on the Unchanging Word Bible broadcast. It indeed gives me great joy, and I can add blessing to that, to come to you today, the studies in the gospel through Luke. I hope that every one of you are reading this amazing gospel. You say, well, Mr. Mitchell, you said that about Matthew. That's right. All of them are amazing books, because the longer and the more I study them, the more I realize the marvel of the detail and the exactness of the revelation of God to us through his Son. I want to say to you who love the Savior, uh, we have a tremendous, tremendous responsibility of revealing to the world something 
and the character and the love and the compassion of Christ. For those of you who are listening in and you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, God's Son as your own personal Savior, my friend, I hope in some way that some portion of the broadcast in the reading and studying of the Word of God will open your eyes to something of the beauty, the sweetness, and the Saviorhood of our Savior. Remember, He came into the world to do two expressive things, special things. He came to reveal the heart and character of God to men. What is God like, just like Jesus? And he came for the purpose of removing the barrier that was between God and man. That was our sin. And to make it possible for sinners to be transformed into the saints of God, into the children of God. To have a new life, to have new hopes, new prospects, to experience something that's supernatural. I'm not talking about some ecstatic or some great experience. I'm talking about a life that is experienced in Christ Jesus, God's Son. To me, the astounding thing is that when God picks up a sinner, he not only forgives him every sin and pronounces him righteous, grants to him eternal life, but brings him into his own family. Something that is even beyond the ken of angels, First Peter 1 says, angels would like to look into these things and know what, what these things are. But he brings us into a union with himself. So as you read the gospel through Luke, you look at the Savior. Don't look at men. You look at him. And then realize what he can do for men and what he can do through you who have professed him as your Savior. Now let's get back to our study after saying that little word to your heart. And we're in Luke chapter 6, and we're starting at verse 43, where we ended in our last lesson, and I'm reading right down through verse 45. A good tree bringeth forth, not forth, corrupt fruit. Neither doth a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree is known by its fruit. Uh, of thorns men do not gather figs nor of a bramble bush, though they gather grapes. A good man out of the treasure, good tre treasure of his heart, bringeth forth that which is good. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaketh. In other words, we reveal what we are by what we do. Now it is true that there are good men and good women in the world according to men's standards. And this is true. You and I, we, we take men and women and we judge them according to certain standards. We say he's a good man, she's a good woman, or, or the opposite. But when we stand before God, we, we're on entirely different ground. You see, you and I judge according to what we think is right and which is wrong. Now, it may be that our standards of right and wrong have been tempered by the knowledge of the Word of God, or we're living in a society which says some things are right and some things are wrong, and this has to be in society for the preservation of society. But when it comes before God as individuals, 
we have an entirely different proposition. You remember in the book of Proverbs, chapter 4, 23, allow me to read this verse. It's an amazing verse, Proverbs 4, 23. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Or our Lord could say in Mark chapter 7, verse 21 on, Out of the heart of man proceed. Then he gives us uh, some deliberate sins. Out of the heart of man proceed evil thoughts. So forth and so on, evil deeds. In other words, what you are in your innermost being is revealed by what you say and by what you do. Now let me, let me suggest this. And you say, well, now you're going afield. No, I want to get something clear to you. Why do you do the things you do? Why do you say the things you say? Because it's in your heart. May I suggest sometimes, aren't we all guilty? We say things, something comes out of us. And when it comes out of our mouths, we know what we're saying is not the truth. But we don't take it back. We're too proud for that. Where did this lying come from? It came from within. Nobody taught you to lie. Nobody taught you to steal. It's already in there. And under certain circumstances, it came out. Jesus said, out of the heart of man proceed evil thoughts, evil deeds. You see, and I'm going to go to this for a moment, every one of us are born in sin, according to the 51st Psalm. All of us, are unrighteous. If I may quote from the 53rd Psalm, God looked upon men and what did he find? They were none righteous, no, not one. They were all gone out of the way. They were all unprofitable. There was none that did good, no, not one. And Paul recourts that in the book of Romans, chapter 3, verses 10 to 12. But Mr. Mitchell, are there any good people according to our standards? Yes. But I'm talking about how do we stand before God? You see, God looks at us in the light of his holy character. He looks at us in the light of his righteousness. And, and we've, got to we've got to declare that. We do, we do sin. But you see, all of us sin. I know that, my dear, I know that. But what makes us sin? Because we've got a sinful nature. Now, does that mean, does that mean that I'm hopeless? Oh, no, not by any means. Not by any means. The tree is known by its fruit. For example, in 1 John 2.29, it says, For you know that he that doeth righteousness is righteous even as he is righteous. Here's a standard. God's righteousness. Jesus could say to John to his disciples in John thirteen thirty five, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have what? Love one for the other. The words a tree is known by its fruit. I'm just using those verses. A tree is known by its fruit. He that doeth righteousness is righteous even as he. God is righteous. If you're really my disciple, it'll be manifested by love. That you love one another, even as I have loved you. A tree is known by its fruit. Now, trying to be good 
does not change the heart. Oh, how often we've tried to be good. We want to be good. We want to be good. We want always to do the right thing, and then behold, we do the wrong thing. As Paul could say in Romans chapter 7, when I would do good, evil is present with me. When I want to do the right thing, I do the wrong thing. When I want to say something that's good, I say something that's bad. And he says, what causes this, Paul says? It's sin that dwells in us. That's why Jesus could say to Nicodemus, a religious leader, a moralist, I'm sure that Nicodemus was a ruler in Israel, highly respected. And yet Jesus said to him, when Nicodemus said to Jesus, you're a prophet from God, we know that you come from God. The things you do are from God. Jesus said, is that so? Then let me tell you something, Nicodemus, you're born wrong. You've got to be born again. His answer was, how can I be born again? How can I enter the second time at my mother's womb and be born? Jesus said, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he can't see the kingdom of God. There must be a new birth. That's why in Galatians chapter 6, being a Jew or a Gentile profits nothing but a new creation. Or you find it in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. In Ephesians 2.10, it says, We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained we should walk in them. But, Mr. Mitchell, I'm as good as anybody. I'm as good as some of you Christians. Well, that may be true as far as you know. But I'm talking about what God sees. May I remind you of three verses which I have quoted so often on this radio broadcast. God has come to a conclusion concerning man. Now, whether you believe it or whether you like it is neither here nor there. God has come to a conclusion concerning man, every man and woman. In Romans 3.23 it says, All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. In Galatians 3.22, it says, The Scriptures hath concluded all unto sin. Romans 11.32, I read, God hath concluded all, Jew and Gentile, to be in unbelief. God's put us all on one definite plane. And then offers to us a salvation that's free. Have I made myself clear? I don't care how religious, how moral, how good you are before God, you have fallen short of his glory. You can't measure up to the righteous character of God. But you say, nobody does. That's right. Not even you, Mitchell. That's right. But God has made provision whereby any man or any woman, I don't care who they are, I don't care what their condition is, God has made provision for any man or woman or young person, I don't care who you are, He's made provision through his son, Jesus Christ, to put away every sin. He's willing and waiting right now to give you, if you've never accepted the Savior, to give you not only forgiveness, but a new life, a life that's wrapped up in his son. Oh, I tell you, my friend, it's a marvelous thing, this grace of God, which has made the provision whereby any man or woman, I don't care who they are or what they've done, if they mean business with God, God means business with you. 
And if you were to come and accept him as your own personal savior, you'll be transformed into a good tree, bringing forth good fruit. As Galatians 5.22 says, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, faith, self-control, will be evident in your life. I hope I've made myself clear to you. Now, let's come down to verses 46 to 49. And here he gives you another illustration, the illustration of two houses. And he warns here against empty profession. Let me read it. Why call you me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Whosoever cometh to me, and heareth my sayings, and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man which built a house, he digged deep, he laid the foundation on a rock. When the flood arose, the storms came, and beat vehemently upon that house, could not shake it. Why? It was built upon a rock. But he that heareth my words and doesn't do them is like a man who without foundation built a house upon the earth, and the stream beat against it, and immediately that house fell, and the ruin of that house was great. Very simple illustration. Indeed, he calls here for reality. Mark what he says. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Uh, if I were to go to Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 and 29, we have the same, the same picture given to us. Only in Matthew 7, 21 and 23, uh, he speaks a little more personally concerning this question. Why call you me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Now, in that passage, he says, in that day, many shall come before God and say, Lord, Lord, have we not preached in your name? Have we not performed miracles in your name? Have we not cast out demons in your name? And he shall say to them, Depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. I never knew you. You see, these were preachers. These were healers. These cast out demons in the name of the Savior. But they had no genuine relationship to the Savior. You see, outwardly, nobody could tell the difference. God knew the difference. So he comes to these two houses. Now, outwardly, both houses look the same. Here are two houses. One is built on a rock. The fellow dug right on down until he found good rock, and he built his house upon the foundation of the rock. The other fellow built his house just on the ground, and a storm came up, and it beat upon both houses. One stood, the other one fell flat. I say outwardly, both houses looked the same. But the trouble was, one was built on a foundation, and the other one had no foundation. The difference between the two was the foundation. And the tests and storms proved which house was on the right foundation. And the storms and tests of life prove upon what foundation you are building. You remember in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11, I read, No foundation, no other foundation can any man lay than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. Friend, are you building upon the foundation Christ Jesus? It's very obvious. There are a great many people who call themselves Christians. Now, let's be very realistic about this. There are a great many people 
who call themselves Christians. And outwardly, they seem to be no different to other Christians. They're moral, they're religious, they're good people, but they haven't built upon the rock. You remember in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, our Lord said, upon this rock, I will build my church. Are you real in your trust of the Savior? Many shall say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not preached in your name? Have we not performed miracles in your name? Have we not cast out demons in your name? And the amazing answer is, I don't even know you. You see, a person can be a preacher and not know the Savior. A person can go around healing and not know the Savior. There are movements today where they specialize in healing. You have healing in spiritism. You have healing uh, in different false cults. You have it in Mormonism. And I'm not going to go into a door, but because a person claims to heal doesn't mean he belongs to the Lord. Because a person casts out demons doesn't mean he belongs to the Lord. Because a man is a preacher doesn't mean he belongs to the Lord. Because a man says, I'm a Christian, doesn't mean he belongs to the Lord. The question is, has this relationship between you and the Savior, is it a real thing? I'm not saying you won't have doubts. I'm not saying you won't fail. What I'm asking is, right down in your heart, as far as you know, have you really taken Jesus Christ as your own personal Savior? Are you putting your trust in him? For I read in John 1, 12, to as many as received him, to them he gives the right to become the children of God. Are you building upon the rock or are you building on the sand? Are you depending upon something you do, something you experience, or are you depending upon the Savior 100%? Isn't that why Jesus said in Matthew 11, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Religion doesn't save you. Good works doesn't save you. Being the best you can doesn't put away your sin. Friend, listen. May I make it as simple as I can? Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. He came to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And I know he did the job. I know he completed the task. I know that it was perfectly acceptable to God. How do you know? Because God raised him from the dead and exalted him to his own right hand to be a prince and a savior. Why don't you accept him? and be saved today. You mean right now? Why, sure, right now. He's just waiting to take you and make you his child. All he wants is for you to put your trust in him. Now you do it today, and the Lord bless you for his name's sake.
We trust that your hearts have been blessed and encouraged through the study of God's Word. You may write to us with your comments and your prayer requests to The Unchanging Word, P.O. Box 398, Dallas, Oregon, 97338. The Unchanging Word, P.O. Box 398, Dallas, Oregon, 97338. And so until next time, this is The Unchanging Word radio broadcast. Life begins at Calvary.